630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. the second period Detroit with a one nothing lead on Boston even though the shots are 25-7 in favor of the Bruins also in the second caps up 4-1 on the Panthers Sharks taking it to the Devils it's 4-0 about five minutes left in the first period in St. Louis already 3-0 for the Lightning and the Predators already up 3-0 on the Blue Jackets that's with about seven minutes left in the first period and it's 1-1 in the first between the Coyotes and the wild of course coming up tomorrow night at rogers place the oilers against the penguins you know a lot of history between these two teams and around the goal looks for lemieux lemieux and mctavish whack one another and more penalties coming up here gary frazier mctavish and lemieux and now they come after lemieux as bookberger puts a, a shot into him and here's samuelson in to try and grab bookberger Ariel Lemieux and Craig McTavish whacking away at one another. Murphy's right in there in a hurry to try and get it to Kelly Bookberger. Well, McTavish is obviously just trying to try to get Lemieux off the ice. It's pretty obvious. He's been doing it right since the beginning of the game. Oh, that's out of the archive for March 17th, 1992, as Craig McTavish joins us courtesy Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the time life, uh, the lifetime warranty. Uh, well, Mac T, uh, you know, my colleague Bob Stoffer says you got to protect the stars. I wonder what he would have said about you doing that to poor Mario. Where do you find that stuff? Oh, YouTube. You just, you, there's yeah. clips of you all over YouTube. It's incredible. Really? Wow. But uh, I remember one game when uh, Dave Hunter and I were tasked with uh, shutting down Mario's line at Northlands Coliseum. And uh, after the second period, they slats vacated the strategy because Mario had seven points already. So he, he wasn't an easy guy to shut down. <laughs> could, could I, you... I, th- this guy was amazing. One other story about Mario is that uh, I remember one time I was watching him and really wasn't interested at all in any offense myself. And uh, the play went back up ice into Pittsburgh zone and we're coming out of uh, the Oilers zone. And Mario goes to me, go, go on the rush. I'm not going to check you. Go ahead, go on the rush, go, go get a goal. You know, and I'm going, I don't think so, Mario. Uh, but uh, just amazing the way that guy thought and uh, the way that he played the game. No. And uh, the other thing I'll say about Mario is that uh, when he came back after his lengthy uh, absence, when he had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, he came back and we talk a lot about Leon um shooting a lot from sharp angles and they're measuring the degrees of the angle 10 degrees 18 degrees 20 degrees but when mario came back he 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 would shoot everything at the net from any angle and uh i mean it it works it goes off things it goes off the goalie and uh, i really see leon has a few of mario's tendencies too as well Okay, I want to circle back to that because I'm glad you brought that up. But I, I want to. I also yeah. want to continue the the thought here of you checking Mario or 
the responsibilities you and other players might have had against stars in the National Hockey League. Were there some players? I mean, they're all human beings. There must have been some guys that you actually could get under their skin and maybe you could see them cracking a little bit and maybe some other players where you felt like, well, I know I have to try, but they're like made out of stone. I'm just, I'm not going to get them off their game. Was, or, or or like, what's it like when you when you have to try to kind of pester a guy a little bit? Really hard to get the stars off their game because they're getting pestered every game. And uh, Gretz was the same way. He was subjected to a lot of heavy checking and verbal abuse, although he was pretty sharp-tongued himself. Uh, but the, 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 the stars really, uh, you know, they, they, they're really hard to get off their game. And, uh, you know, they play the game with at such a skill level, but such an intellectual level too as well that it's really hard to drag them into that stuff. Uh, you mentioned guys like Yager too. I mean, you just had to develop every one-on-one strategy is different depending on the player. And you learn that with experience over over the years. Now, the one time I went uh, to take a run at uh, Yermer Jagger, he was down in the, in the corner, and I'm going, I'm going to take a run at this guy. And, uh, you know, took a run at him in the uh, in our defensive zone, and it was like hitting a wall. He just spun off me and uh, took the puck to the net and either scored or had a great chance. And I thought, uh, you know, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, the other guy that was tough to check was Iserman. I mean, my same thought, I'm going to take a run at him in the corner and took a run at him, and he was so agile and quick, he just spun spun away from me and had another great chance. So those guys you have to, you know, treat differently just because of their skill set. They're so capable of, uh, you know, Jagger beating you with strength and then Stevie Iserman with agility and quick turns. Uh, well, I love how you tell that story about Jagger because Brownie always says Jagger wanted to be double teamed. Like he used to, t- <laughs> Brownie says he would say, like, just if you see a guy double teaming me, don't come to help me. Just get away from me and I'll yeah. get you the puck. Like he wanted the contact. He wanted to be, he wanted to have two guys on him. Yeah, and then he'd find somebody. Obviously, he's, he's so strong, like amazingly strong. Uh, and you know, it, it, low, lower center of gravity from a big guy, his, he'd protect the puck with his rear end really well. And then he was agile and skilled enough that he's going to exploit the uh, manpower disadvantage. All right, y- y- you mentioned how Mario came back when he came back, he started shooting even more and from a whole bunch of crazy angles, what might appear to be crazy angles. And sometimes you get it to go in off a goalie, you create a rebound. Leon does that. Can that mentality uh, be instilled in a tire in an entire team? Or are there some guys like you, you wouldn't want, doing that because you want the grind and the puck possession continuing because the, like the, from an Oilers standpoint, Craig, they're about 50, 50 in shots for and against, but they, they usually have the advantage in zone time, but they tend to hang on to the puck and, and maybe look for a higher uh, caliber of shot. Like is, is this should, would you try to instill that in, in your teams? Like just, just fire it. So like, don't be afraid. Even if you're out of the slot, just get it into the crease. It's a pretty good tactic. But it, it, it also depends on the style of player. 
you know, like Yamamoto, for example, or Connor, or guys that are so good down low at shaking, uh, shaking defenders, and uh, especially smaller guys. You really have to have that escapability, otherwise you're not going to have any any success because they'll they'll corner you, they'll trap you, they'll overpower you, and they'll knock you off the puck and they'll take the puck. So you have to use your agility and have escapability and not get cornered. And, uh, you know, Yamo does that pretty well. He's got uh, really good agility and he's got the ability to shake a defender and then possibly improve the angle that he'll have at the net where, you know, Leon's got, uh, he's got plenty of capability uh, from an escapability standpoint, but a lot of times it's, uh, it's more of a power game that he uses. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great tactic because if you know that you're going to put pucks to the net, then, then you get, uh, you, you get extra bodies there. And, uh, you know, that's where the, all the goals are scored, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Craig B. Thomas joining us on Inside Sports. The Oilers' news of the day is Cody Cece goes into COVID protocol. They're down yet another defenseman. So, uh, oh, and oh, we just got something here. I got to update everybody, Craig. Uh, it is Great. a five-game suspension for biting for Brendan Lemieux. So there you go. Uh, I okay. just got that from the NHLPR. Five games. Suspe- I, I, t- I said to Kelly Rudy in the last half hour of the show, Rob Brown thought he should get 25 games for biting and another 10 games just for being an idiot. I don't know if the NHL has such a penalty. Uh, but it's yeah. five games for Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It sounds light to me in today's era and society that uh, – it seems pretty lenient. I'm, I mean, I'm somewhere in between Brownie's uh, recommendation, the NHL's uh, <laughs> final recommendation. The, NH- the NHL usually gets these things right. I'm thinking there's some uh, mitigating circumstances sur- surrounding it. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty bad in today's society that you're. It's, it, it, I mean, and then uh, Brady Tuchuk was really outspoken about it, and you can't disagree with anything that he said uh, because of that. And uh, you know, it's 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 easy to pile on a guy like Brendan Lemieux now uh, because of that. But I mean, he's got a bit of a a bit of a on ice history. Um, I think it probably could have been more. Uh, I thought Todd McClellan handled his post-game comments really well and really measured. Uh, I thought he had a great perspective on it. And then at the end, he said how important Brendan Lemieux was to the, to the LA Kings. And that's true. And it's, it's, it's reckless of uh, Brendan to, uh, to try and try and do that. And you, you could see it happening in the, in the altercation at the bottom, you just how animated Brady was. And I mean, I think five is on the light side of what I think the uh, consensus would be amongst uh, journalists and, and players and so forth. If you had a, if you had a teammate or a player, whether when you were managing or coaching that did something that 
like that where you like you know that's dirty you you know it's over the line it's maybe you know it's it's not a hit from behind where maybe the guy turned and maybe he's going to get suspended or maybe he's not how much of that would you try to address something with the player internally knowing that he's probably going to get slapped pretty hard by the league as well do you do you, do you need to still pull the guy aside and say okay like here's how we're going to deal with this that's that depends on the individual i think uh you know, you, you put your team in a really bad position doing that, and for what purpose? It just there's, it's 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 a black mark against not only the player, but really it doesn't look good for the organization either. Um, I think, you know, it, it depends on the player. I mean, the, the, this obviously can't happen again, and. Uh, you know, I've never heard Brendan Lemieux's explanation of why he did it or he's, whether he's even admitting to have done it. The, the proof was pretty pretty clear from, from what I saw that uh, he did, in fact, bite him. But, uh, you know, I think five, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you would have got five games. And the league's come a whole, uh, a long way from, from those days. So I, I think the suspension's light. Yeah. Okay. Well, Craig, I'll I'll get back to the question I was going to ask you after the break about how the Oilers lineup is looking tomorrow. Craig McTavish joining us on Inside Sports for Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Tomorrow in this time slot, we got the face-off show. It starts at 6, game at 8 between the Oilers and the Penguins. Craig McTavish checking in tonight. Okay, so CeCe's out. You got another guy up from the farm, Marcus Niemelainen on defense, about to make his NHL debut, or at least we pretty strong possibility that he will tomorrow, Craig. We've seen them survive, you know, with Broberg, with, uh, with Russell playing more and more responsibility for some of the other guys. As another veteran goes down and another young guy comes up, um, you, you know what? D- does the coaching staff have to do something a little different? What What do you expect tomorrow here with more changes on defense? Well, on paper it looks thin, um, but you don't play the game on paper. And th- thankfully, I thought uh, you know Broberg has played really well and uh he he stepped in seamlessly he always had great physical skill he had tons of range uh i thought the knock against him when he was younger in his draft year i saw him play at least once in sweden you know it was he, he didn't quite have the game figured out but who does at 17 uh, but obviously the physical skill and now the mental skill is developed to the to the point where, I mean, he's just stepped in and, and looked fantastic. Um, Lagason, he, he's got an efficiency about him that uh, is rare. I mean, the, 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 the physical skills, the agility and the skating are uh, average minus for sure but the mental skills are are 
really high on him. So he's he's able to process the, the position. So I think he'll be okay. Um, and uh, Marcus Niemelainen, I mean, just an American, uh, amazing story for him. Uh, drafted him quite a few years ago. You know, it really didn't develop quickly. Like development seldom a straight line, as we've talked about before. But he he really didn't develop much his first couple of years to the point where we were thinking possibly that we weren't going to sign him at the time. And then and then he started to pop a little bit and just really a testament to his perseverance and and work ethic to put himself in this position. So I'm really super happy for him. He's a guy that's got great mobility too as well. Like he's got really good range. I mean, the offensive side of it, he can move the puck decently. Uh, He's probably not going to put up big offensive numbers uh, down the road, but he's serviceable. And all these injuries you know, with the, with where the Oilers are right now, it presents a good opportunity for management and coaching staff to work with these guys and see what these guys are like. So if if this happens down the road in, in a more dire situation, these guys are going to come up with more experience, more confidence. And uh, so it can be a good, uh, a, a very good scenario for, for the organization. But tall task tomorrow to to uh, come in against a team that's playing as well as Pittsburgh is right now. I mean, Pittsburgh struggled a bit last night. It's, it's always difficult coming into Calgary when it's your first game in the West. The altitude, it's, you know, 1,000 or 1,200 feet higher than in Edmonton, and it, it, I always found it as a player really tough. And uh, when I was playing in the East to come into Calgary. So I expect them to be better tomorrow night. They had been playing really well. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tall order. They had some difficulty creating offense last night. Calgary is really good uh, defensively, Uh, but they're, they're going to, they're going to have the young decor are going to have their hands full and they're going to have to, you know, count on some help from the forwards to be, in maybe a, a better defensive positioning. Craig, we're just into about the final uh, 90 seconds here, but but I got to ask you yep. about Chris Russell and uh, shot blocking. I, I mean, you did it uh, when you played. Then as a coach, it became more and more prevalent uh, every year, I would say, during your coaching tenure with the Oilers. And, and now, obviously, almost everybody is expected to do it. Just uh, thoughts on Chris Russell getting over 2,000 block shots. He's a little cowboy, <laughs> you know. He's a he's a he's a tough guy, and uh, you know, just really happy for him. Like just a fantastic teammate and person, man. A few words from what I saw in my dealings with him, but uh, you know, sp- speak softly and carry a, a big stick. Really applies to a guy like. Uh, Chris Russell, and uh, you could see how happy his teammates were from him. Just everything is seemingly going right, with the exception of the the injuries on the back end right now. But the the atmosphere there with the hockey team's got to be fantastic right now. And then that just adds another layer of uh, of positivity to to the team and everybody. You know that guy lays it all on the line for the club, and 
you know, it's a, it's a fitting tribute to him for sure. Craig, uh, I wish we had more time. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Of course, we'll do this again Thanks. in a couple of weeks and enjoy it tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Tristan Jari tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be amazing. That guy's been the first star in the last five games he's played. And, uh, you know, former Oil King, he's going to be tough to beat tomorrow. Thanks, yeah, Reed. Absolutely. See you, Craig. Craig McTavish for Abelard Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.